0: KGMI Morning News Extra. A year ago today, many folks across the world woke up to the news that Russia launched its war on Ukraine, tens of thousands of people. Tens of thousands of people have died, and cities and towns across Ukraine have been flattened. Joining us now is CBS's military analyst, Jeff McCausland. Jeff, good morning. Since the start of the invasion last year, we've seen a lot of stories of casualties across the board, especially in the eastern and the southern parts of Ukraine. What do those front lines look like today? They look
1: fairly static at a particular moment, uh, Diana. The Russians are conducting a ground offensive largely along the 600-mile uh, front that stretches across the Donbass, particularly in areas around the city called Bakhmut and Vulidar and Kremlin. Uh, they're trying to basically envelop Bakhmut and in so doing, therefore, seize full control of Donetsk and Luhansk provinces, which has been their objective since this war actually began. So that's where things are sort of static. When you, you point to casualties, and are stunning to consider that the Russians we believe have lost up to 200,000 casualties since the war began. 50,000 killed, the rest wounded, missing, deserted, captured. Ukrainians, probably 100,000 or so, so maybe 30,000 killed in action. But then on the civilian side, and you mentioned that at the onset, probably thirty to 40,000 at least, uh, Ukrainian civilians, majority women, children, killed under this relentless assault that the Russians have also been doing, far from the battlefield as they try to pound critical infrastructure in the cities of Ukraine in an effort to destroy the willpower of the Ukrainian people.
0: Certainly. And President, Russian President Putin, at least today, I think a lot of people were expecting him to have an even more severe offensive take place today on the anniversary of this war. Um, any signs from Russia that they might be doing anything or not quite yet?
1: Well, you know, it's been a little surprising to me that on this anniversary, my expectation would have been a relentless missile assault by the Russians on, on Ukrainian cities and some effort perhaps to accelerate this ongoing conventional assault that's been going on for several weeks down the south. Haven't seen that so far, at least, unless recent things have happened in the last hour or so. I think if that's the case, it may well be, because at the same time in Moscow, what was going on? Well, the Chinese foreign minister was in Moscow. He was meeting with Mr. Putin, and the Chinese rolled out a 12-point peace proposal to try to move this war to some form of negotiations. So my guess, and it's only a guess, is with that in mind, the Russians were somewhat reluctant to then n- do a major assault on the Ukrainian cities, while at the same time they were entertaining the Chinese, who they're trying to convince to provide more assistance to Russia, not only in terms of purchasing Russian oil at discounted prices, but actually providing lethal military assistance that the Russians need for their
0: armies. Interesting. So how how seriously should we take the Chinese peace proposal that was proposed?
1: you know, a scholar once wrote a book called All Wars Might Chand, and in that book he argued that wars end when one side or the other changes their objectives. And I don't see Mr. Putin has changed his objectives at all. His objective at the beginning was to take down the Zelensky government, take control of the full territory of the Ukraine. I think that he has that objective still in mind. And on the Western side, we have had the objective of securing the sovereignty and respecting the sovereignty and the free choice of the Ukrainian people. And I don't see us, based on what Mr. Biden, did his remarks in Kiev and Warsaw last week, wavering from that particular effort. So I think both uh, everybody is somewhat skeptical of this Chinese proposal. Mr. Putin has not embraced it. Uh, U.S. officials have pointed out the first principle the Chinese talk about in their proposal is a respect for the full sovereignty of all nations involved. Well, that's the only principle we need to discuss, really, because if the Russians did that and they pulled their forces out of Ukrainian territory, the war could end today
0: certainly could. And it comes at a time where the U.S. and other countries are uh, imposing more sanctions on Russia as well, especially here in the U.S. What do we know about these new sanctions?
1: Well, restricted exports, again, to from key companies, trying to, to uh, close out uh, sort of secondary markets where the Russians may be able to uh, move something through a, a third country, increase tariffs on certain items. But a real concerted effort, once again, to try to close off as best we can and One thing we've really seen for the last year, which has been stunning, is really a separation of the Russian economy from the rest of the global economy. Now, so far, we have to be honest with ourselves that that, uh, our economic uh, sanctions against the Russians and our economic weaponry, you might call it, against the Russians, has not had as dramatic an impact as we had hoped at the beginning. The average Russian, as he or she today, is going down in their village to a grocery store probably has not felt dramatic impact. But at the same time, the Russian economy more broadly uh, is suffering and I think will suffer even more because of the dramatic uh, exodus of foreign companies, the loss of foreign investment. So in strategic terms, long term, I think the Russian economy was going to suffer grievously. In the short term, the average Russian, though, may not have felt that just yet.
0: CBS's military analyst Jeff McCausland joining us this morning. Jeff, thank you so much for your coverage on the war over the course of the past year. It's much appreciated.
1: My pleasure, John.